Hello, boys and ghouls, and welcome to an episode of Tricks and Hacks and general recommendations on how to survive a Halloween during quarantine. Join us, won't you, as we explore the possibilities of sustaining a spooky October in the era of social distancing. From alternatives to classic trick-or-treating, to ways that you can haunt your own home, to fun with food, as we consult a book on Halloween from a hundred years ago. There will be five Saturdays in October 2020. That's five Saturday mornings. Plenty of opportunity to eat cereal while watching cartoons. So tune in as we name a few animated favorites and deep cuts to enjoy as your milk changes color. Then, have a Halloween movie night as the boys and ghouls duo offer their best advice on how to spice up an evening of frightening features. So, lock your doors, wear a mask, and have a night to remember as we present episode 82 of Boys and Ghouls on Halloween 2020. You want to see something really scary? They come from the bowels of hell, a transformed race of walking dead. Zombies, exploding heads. Psychos, fanatics, murderers, nutcases. Now, do we all agree that what we are dealing with is vampires? I know that one of you is a werewolf. Ain't nothing but dead folks. I want to kill the undead. So you ever so talk to a corpse? Satan is our pal. It's boring. Throw the third switch! No. So it's kind of a sci-fi thriller type of a thing, but with his signature humor, it okay. seemed there was a little bit of the kind of dry, funny stuff he's good at. Um, just pleased to see him in a starring role because he really deserves it. All right, let me adjust a little something here. Ooh, other way. Was that you? I guess it was. A bing. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, hi, Kat. Marshall? Do you have any spooky gab? Boy, do I. I mean, I've been having a lot of nightmares, haven't you? How's your sleep? Um, both Alec and I are having the wildest dreams. Not every night, but a lot of nights. Okay. What about you? Not really nothing I remember. I have spooky gab that wasn't in my dreams. Go on. Well... Sumo Dan asked if I wanted to join him on a sort of an outing, sort of an errand. He's taken up beekeeping. Whoa. Since quarantine became a thing. The guys that he usually goes to the gym with, I think like one guy started and then another guy picked it up. And part of beekeeping, I believe, is like transferring bees from box to box. Mm-hmm. And so he asked me to like join him on a uh, like a bee box transfer. I guess. Well, okay, I have questions because I actually know a little bit more about this than I did a year or two ago because my okay. in-laws, Alex, mom, and stepfather 
have bees on their property. They're making honey, like it's a whole thing. And then just like maybe two days ago, we got pictures of my father-in-law's hands like that were incredibly swollen because he got stung like 14 times while they were doing some sort of a transfer. But I guess why I say that to say I'm curious where they're keeping these bees. Who has that? Who has the space in Los Angeles to keep bees? Well, um, Sumo Dan's managing. I think it's like on, on a rooftop. Okay. But he was going to uh, collect up some bees from a guy in the Hollywood Hills who had a nice little uh, patch of land. His bees were actually kind of uphill from his house. And I got to do the whole thing. Like I had like gloves and, you know, like the netting on the hat. Yeah. Yeah. Were I had, you I had... scared? That's terrifying to me. Well, jumping ahead, turns out all the bees had escaped. <gasps> they should be able to come and go, but the queen shouldn't be able to leave. But if the queen gets out, they all leave. So... I got to go through the whole process without actually coming in contact with any bees. Uh-huh. But I had the hat, and I had, like, you know, like the smoker? Yeah. I was working the smoker, feeling very much the beekeeper. So we went over to, like, a guy's house who's, like, also just getting started with bees, and we were going to, like, move his bees to a third guy's bee box. But uh, all the bees had escaped. So not a wasted trip because after we uh, were done with the non-bees... Sumadan goes, uh, you know, Marshall, Bela Lugosi used to live here. Wow. At this house in the Hollywood Hills where we were at. Right. Uh, which is really the real reason he brought me. He didn't need me for bee help. Right. I, I was actually, I was brought under false pretenses as beekeeper assistant. But really I was there kind of like as a gift to me because this was like the day after my birthday. Mm-hmm. He wanted to get me on the property of uh, Bela Lugosi's former home. So now you've visited two. Two. Two former residences of Bela Lugosi. And this one's still a house. This one would have been during the good times. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, when, when he had money, because he's like up in the hills. The bad times when it comes to places Bela Lugosi lives is he would be living very close to the studios because he didn't drive. So he could just like get to the studios quickly and easily. Mm-hmm. But this was a, uh, a really nice house up in the hills. Wow. So this was part of the... Good times for Balagosi's uh, residence. The guy who lives there now said that the previous owners had left behind a framed photo of Balagosi, just for part of like the house history. Uh huh. And he went inside and brought that out and like had me hold it while I stood in front of like the doorway and like I had my picture taken a few times, mm-hmm. just kind of like prove I was there. Yeah. And had like the house number in the photo. And people in like tourism vans will go by, but they only get to see like the outside outside i got to see the inside outside but not actually in the house right still you made it beyond the garden wall which i yes. think is pretty cool and here i thought that the scary part of your spooky gab was going to be about bees bees there are no bees in this in this story no bees in this beekeeping story. Well, I feel bad, though, for the bees being gone. Like, I mean, I wonder how much money that was. I feel like they can be quite expensive depending on how many you have. Well, the reason they're all sharing between each other, I think, is like keeping costs down. Sure. They're just hobbyist beekeepers. That's great. I'm glad they're doing that because, um, to my understanding, it's much needed right now. It's good to foster care of bees. Yeah. I'm just not brave enough to do that. I'm impressed that you showed up ready to work, but I'm very glad you did not have to come into contact with bees. Yeah, I got to get all dressed up like a beekeeper, but I didn't have to like touch any bees. It was great. And then I got to be in a place with some horror history. 
So even better. Very cool. All right, yeah. That's the spooky gab I've been sitting on since uh, early June. Wow. You've really kept that one to yourself. Sure did. I haven't really, um, I haven't really made any concerted effort to have any super unique spooky gab. I've been, I don't know, busy with work and being mildly depressed as we all are. Mm -hmm. But usually Alec and I will wait until like mid-September, usually about halfway through September to decorate for Halloween. But we definitely decorated Labor Day weekend, which was this past weekend as we're recording this. So my living room is fully decked out for Halloween. Lots of orange lights and fun stuff. And also Alec and I have been watching more, many more horror movies than usual. As a couple. Yeah, as a couple, trying to round out his spooky movie um, reputation. Well, you know, I guess I'm trying to get him some street cred. Um, But Mm. his education is the word I was looking for. His idea, he was like, I want to watch some stuff I haven't seen. Let's, you know, and he's seen quite a bit. But we watched so far all of these movies he had not seen. We watched Dawn of the Dead. We watched Frankenstein. We watched Evil Dead 2. Jaws, Army of Darkness, Sleepaway Camp, The Others, Beetlejuice, which he had seen. That was a rewatch. Mm-hmm. Insidious and Psycho we watched just a couple of days ago. Um, Dang, girl. So leave something for Halloween. You'll be pleased to know that we do have a watch list to pull from. Okay. And it is split into September and October um, now. So there are movies that I'm thinking about showing him in, in September, such as The Omen. Maybe we'll try to do 28 Days Later, The Babadook, 1408, some stuff that's like not necessarily super Halloween-y. And then we move into October, which is reserved for things like Dracula, The Wolfman, The Original House on Haunted Hill, Nosferatu, things like that. Oh, Boys in the Trees, which is this incredible Australian movie I discovered a couple years ago that is such a Halloween-y watch. So we're trying to, we're trying to keep Halloween sacred. How did you construct this list? I think I went online and looked at lists of like the greatest horror movies of all time and was like, have you seen this? Have you seen this? Have you seen this? And of course, in October, we're going to be watching a lot of stuff that we've both seen because, you know, the old standards that you always watch. Sure. But yeah, mostly just looking at best of lists. And then when things come up in conversation, I mean, the reason we watched Insidious last week is because it just happened to come up. And I was like, well, you've seen that. And he was like, no. And I was like, well, that's rocketing straight to the top of the list. Mostly because I know what a screecher that movie is. Like, it's a real (laughs) scream. And I wanted to see him squirm because it's the type of horror movie he always wants to watch, but literally hides behind my shoulder while he's watching it. So I knew it would be a lot of fun. And it was. It was so much fun. Okay. Uh, Looks like you've got your next month or so uh, planned out. I'm excited that he's on board with watching a lot of horror movies this year. I feel like I'm going to end up watching a lot more than I usually get to because our together time will be a lot of horror movies. It's a little niche, like, this is what our life is like. But, you know, we have a lot of time to focus on our life right now. (laughs) We are shuttered in together 24-7. I wouldn't change places with anyone tonight. We'll carve pumpkin faces and watch the witches flight. Every human heart will shudder. Every soul will shake with fear tonight. 
It's Halloween time. Finally, I've been needing something to live for, and here we are. We are in the spooky season, damn it. It's time. I'm starting and it's time. I woke up, actually, to a bit of news. Somebody had sent it to me. There was two news breaks today, I guess. Or, or was the other one yesterday? We now bring you a special report from the Transylvania News Department. Halloween is in danger of disappearing forever. I believe it was from yesterday to today that these two pieces of news broke. And Lord knows what will have come of all of it by the time this airs. But we can say that yesterday, Mm -hmm. uh, the news broke that L.A. County was implementing uh, a ban on trick-or-treating and haunted houses and some other... And, and, you know, the whole point being that they didn't didn't want to encourage in-person, you know, close contact... Door-to-door visits. Door-to-door visits. And so, it is a sad possibility that Halloween, which got its name from All Hallows' Day, may be receding from us forever. Who knows what impact this will have on tiny tots all over the globe. And then quickly today, I think, I mean, it was maybe less than 24 hours, kind of walked that back and said, eh, we just want people to be more careful. And I think that must have been because of the public backlash. Oh, no more Halloween. Oh, say it isn't so, Master. Of course it isn't so. Halloween is my national holiday. I just know that when we started this topic, and our topic is uh, what to do with Halloween in the uh, era of quarantine. If this rumor is correct, this means the end of Halloween. When we started, it was knowing that we didn't know what Halloween was going to be like this year. Yep. And whatever it is going to be like, it's going to be different from place to place. And so it's a sad day here in Transylvania tonight. What's going to happen, Mom? Are we going to have a Halloween or not? So we want to um, give people some ideas of how to take uh, Halloween into their own hands. As well as, aside from actual Halloween night, which is anybody's guess, even here in L.A., I think those two news reports so close together just reinforces the idea that we don't know what it's going to be like. Right. You know, how many more things can change between now and October 31st. But we would like to encourage a whole spooky month of October, a fun spooky month, and maybe uh, send some thoughts your way on just how somebody could achieve that. Yeah, Within the confines of your own home, probably. Yes. Getting out some, but staying distant from others, most certainly. I feel like there was an initial outcry months and months ago about Halloween. People started early summer being like... What's going to happen to Halloween? Right. And I'll be honest, I kind of despaired a little at first, too, because I thought oh no, it's going to be so deeply affected. And it looks as though it probably will be pretty affected by the goings-on in the world. But my personal attitude towards that has changed quite a lot. I feel like 
what has been heartening to see is that passionate lovers of Halloween and all things spooky are really good at coming up with creative ways to celebrate and make it fun. And I feel like you and I have, and the people we know have always focused on celebrating the whole month through that Halloween is not just about one night of the year. And I get that we are child free people. So we can just be like, Oh, it's not about trick or treating. And I know that trick or treating is really important to people and we will get to that. It's important to me, Yeah. but I just have so much faith that the people who care about Halloween already are, and will continue to come up with really creative ways to make an incredibly memorable Halloween season for all the right reasons. And I'm fully charmed already by the early signs I've seen of how people are planning to safely celebrate. You're saying uh, Halloween will find a way? Halloween will find a way. Okay. Um, Another aspect of how we're approaching this is, hey, for lots of people, uh, money's tight. And even if things have been going okay, it just really feels like the bottom could fall out at any second. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no real sense of security right now. So a lot of our suggestions are on the cheap side, at least that's how I've been working. Yes, absolutely. Me too. However, I am reminded, I read a book about the making of Pee Wee's Playhouse and they had like an edict that when they tell kids at home to like, you can do this at home, that it's got to be something that any kid can do, you know? Yeah. For sure. But one time they had some project and it was like, get a potato was the first step. <laughs> and a producer was like, what about all the kids that can't get a potato? And I think Pee Wee had to say, like, listen, we have to assume that if someone can watch us on television, they can probably get a potato. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So not everything we talk about is going to be free, but I'd like to keep things sort of at a potato status. I'm with you there. I do think at the top, I just want to briefly mention that we are already seeing, at least in the LA area, I don't know about where you are, dear listener, but we're already seeing some signs of drive-through experiences, things like that, that cost a pretty penny because they're charging by car. Not saying it's not worth it, and I fully intend to do a few of them. But yes, we here in this episode are really going to focus on potato ideas, things that you can do. Um, at home for free or for cheap or venturing out a small way in your own backyard, uh, metaphorically speaking, to explore safely distanced from others. So it really is an equal opportunity episode. It's like, this is how you can make your life as spooky as possible with as few tools as possible. And we'll also be looking at what to watch. And I don't know. I mean, with everyone stuck at home, maybe people hang on to streaming services for as long as they can. But also when the belt tightens... Maybe some of those pay streaming services are the first things to go. Yeah. So we're going to be looking at uh, some free entertainment as much as we can. Love it. As you know, there's a real scary holiday coming up. (laughs) Election Day. Yes, my friends, with community cooperation, a little brainstorming, listing our priorities, we could achieve a really definitive Halloween experience. What are we going to do on Halloween? You got any ideas, ghost? I sure have. Of course, ghosts don't scare you. So come along to a real haunted house. After all, it is Halloween. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's start with the kids. Yes, let's. We went online and uh, put on our own thinking caps for ways to substitute for house-to-house trick-or-treating. 
or ways to safely give out candy and keep uh, the house-to-house going, if that's possible. Uh, Did you find anything interesting? Yeah, I mean, I've come across and sent you some pictures of people (laughs) getting creative by getting some piping and shooting yeah. candy down it to other people. Um, that was from a good at, one. At least six feet away. That was pretty fun. Just get some like PVC pipe. Yep. Now this person had a bucket at the bottom, the yes. photo you sent me. Yeah. I think you should just have the kids individually like open their bags to the chute. Yeah. Instead yeah. of reach into the bucket, each one. I agree. And just have it. Yeah. Poop. Um, there's this really incredible apartment building right by Matthew's apartment that, you know, in the before times when I would go hang out with him on Halloween night, this apartment building would turn their front lawn into kind of a cemetery. But there are people up on a balcony up top who every Halloween that I can remember Mm -hmm. have a bucket and like a wire leading down. They have a whole pulley system and they would put candy in and feed it down to the ground level to the sidewalk and you could get candy out of it. Like if you just wanted some. Okay. And then they'd pull it back up to themselves. And it just occurred to me that they could continue doing that if they wanted to this year. Yeah, they'll be all right. Um, But yeah, things like that. Or I think in one of the articles I sent you, I saw something about ideas that you might set up a table in your front yard if you have a front yard and, you know, in suburbia with maybe prepackaged bags of candy for kids to come take. Yes. So you could still see their costumes and they can take candy from you without getting close enough to, you know, touch. I saw one that suggested you like put the candy in plastic cups and the kids will just grab the cup. Yeah, exactly. A particularly inventive one for people giving out candy. Detailed how to construct like a fake, like those automated fortune tellers like Zoltar, (laughs) where you give it a dollar and it gives you your fortune, to create a Zoltar box for yourself to sit in. So you'd be in there looking like a swami, but also protected behind like a layer of plastic. That's so smart. And then like feed out the candy, just like you would a fortune. So hey, if you got the time for that, that sounds pretty good. Um, but yeah, the table like, sort of keeps you on one side and the kids on the other. And if you can spread out the candy, it keeps everybody's hands from going into the same bowl. I think that's the goal there. But for the kids that have to stay home, there was also options for that and ideas for that. Yes. I'm such a fan of this as well. I feel like you're the first person who brought this to me, though I heard it from my mom as well and a couple other people. The idea of glow-in-the-dark eggs or other containers that you could hide around the house or around the yard like an Easter egg hunt that has candy in it. Yeah, they sort of like take like the -the glow-in-the-dark bracelets and put them in, turn it basically into an Easter egg hunt, except at night with the eggs glowing, which sounds pretty cool. Or if you got to do it around the house. As far as something like that, if you got a pet, chocolate's not great to just accidentally hide all over the place and potentially lose. So I came up with, this is my idea. Um, I know that like at Target as like party favors, and by the way, the stores, from what we've seen so far, are still acting like everything's full steam ahead for Halloween. There's just bags and bags of candy. Yeah. Already out and like Halloween stuff. I ate some of it earlier today. They're not slowing down. Nope. But if you want to... uh, hide the like ghost erasers 
that would normally be like a party favor, and they come in like packs of 50. Mm -hmm. If you want to hide them in the eggs, you just hide them around the house, and then every ghost eraser equals one piece of candy. It might, you know, just prevent you from having melted chocolate on your sofa or, you know, your pet getting it. Well, that's smart. So the kids get to turn in their erasers for candy. Yeah. That's my thought. That's cute. If that helps anybody. I love it. Another suggestion was Halloween pinata. <laughs> Another was uh, hide all the candy in one spot and have them, like, find it in the dark with a flashlight. And I think flashlight games in general are pretty fun for kids. Yeah, I mean, apart from actual power outages, which aren't fun, how often do you turn off all the lights in your house and just use a flashlight to kind of walk? I mean, that is an immediate mood creator right there. Mm -hmm. I feel like the Halloween memories I've made with my friends, a lot of the times the ones that are the most potent are like when we turned off all the lights and lit candles or used a flashlight. Like, it's such a simple thing to do, but it completely changes your environment, you know? Of course, I feel like I'm also trying to give advice to people who have had their kids in their house <laughs> since like March. And yes. it's like, oh, flashlight games. Yeah, we burned through all of those by June. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Sure. What else you got? At the onset, each team will be given a complicated clue, which when solved, will lead them to a location somewhere. Once there, the team must use its skill and wit to obtain the next clue. Scavenger hunt. You know, one clue leads to another clue. If you can do this indoors or outdoors, you know, just each clue leads to the next location, to the next, to the next, and however many is feasible and fun. At the end, there's a bunch of candy. Mm. Or treasure maps. I know that when I was a kid, I was a real sucker for treasure maps. And then there's just things that you can do around your house to just kind of keep that Halloween feeling up throughout the month of October. Yes. Really just the kinds of stuff everybody already does, but here's some stuff that I do that maybe someone else would want to also. Well, Kat, I know you like to keep a pumpkin spice candle going. Oh yeah, we're a big candle house, yes. I keep them in the windowsill because it stays pretty warm here in LA, sometimes into October. And if that sun's beaten in with a candle in the windowsill, you don't even have to light it. It will fill the room with the uh, pumpkin spice scent. To that point, you taught me something years ago, and uh -huh. I really believe that the Glade, uh, they change the name of their pumpkin scented candle every year just to make it seem different, but it's the same smell and it's the best smell as far as I'm concerned, but the Glade pumpkin spice or whatever they're calling it this year, candle. Yeah, sometimes like pumpkin pie. Yes. Pumpkin autumn. Pumpkin patch. They call it something different every year. They change the name, but the smell is unmistakable. But you taught me if you get one of their small versions, their single wicks, and put it under the seat in your car, yeah. then your car will smell continually like that pumpkin spice. And it's genius. Smell is the most powerful trigger to the memory there is. A certain flower or a whiff of smoke can bring up experiences long forgotten. If pumpkin spice doesn't do it for you, the apple smells, I think, are very uh, seasonal. They are. I gotta say, though, we've been trying on a bunch of different candles from Bath & Body Works, and there's uh -huh. something about the apple-centric smells that make me think about Christmas for some reason. Okay. Now, I don't disagree with you. There are so many apple smells that are like fall farmhouse, and it's a lot of apple. Yeah. And yes, apples are definitely fall. For some reason, for me... I, I smell Christmas and I have to wait until I can do like a balsam and apple thing. And then I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Apple is appropriate. But I, I don't know why. Apple just takes me out of it. But that's just me. 
Okay, because I'm saying uh, go all in on apples. Yeah. Not just apple candles, but like buy apples. You can decorate just by hanging apples. Right. I got a skeleton hand. And I think you're supposed to be like put your drink in it or something, but <laughs> I always keep an apple in it and I like watch it rot and shrink and like shrivel. Gross, but very cool. I replace it every few months and it's just my apple in a skeleton hand. Where do you keep this? I've never seen this. On a table. Okay. It's near my novelty salt and pepper shakers. So if you see those all clustered, just look near them. Very cool. Uh, keep out a candy dish of candy corn. I know I like that. It just looks nice. Even if you don't <laughs> love candy corn, it looks... I mean, there's nothing more Halloween-y. Yeah. Kat, you are a grade-A Halloweener, but um, you don't really care for candy corn. I don't care for it. Now, the Brock's made with real honey candy corn, I will absolutely take a handful of that if someone's offering it. Okay. I read somewhere someone said if you don't like candy corn... Try the kind made with real honey and you might change your mind. Okay. And they were not wrong. The really cheapy kind, and I'm not knocking cheap candy. I love cheap candy, but the cheapy kind of candy corn is not my bag. I'll eat it, but I just don't, I don't like it. The Brock's though, the, the one made with real honey is everything. If you've been thinking about giving candy corn a shot again, if you were like me, this might change your mind. Among the, uh, the items for sale, uh, when you go into a Target, that dollar to $3 section that they keep by the door. Mm-hmm. I've gone there and I've purchased over the years a lot of like uh, mad scientist beakers. Sometimes they'll have like a skull and crossbones on them and sometimes they'll just be like clear. And it'll look like, you know, something a mad scientist or Dr. Jekyll would uh, drink from. And what a riot when they get funny notions from deadly potions. Uh, just put those into rotation instead of regular cups. <laughs> I actually do that year-round. Yes, I know you do. Uh-huh. Need a little spot of water? Sure, drink it out of my Dr. Frankenstein beaker. Oh, I drank some Coke Zero out of one just earlier today. Mm-hmm. I believe you. I was putting away my Halloween things at the end of one year, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to leave these out. Why not? If the Queen of England comes over, I'll use real glasses. Uh, do you change your ringtone ah! to, like, something spooky? You know... Mine is the Halloween theme year round. Okay. Um, but my phone is on silent 100% of the time. If I happen to have my headphones in and I'm like listening to a podcast or something, then I can hear the ringtone when someone calls me. But other than that, I don't really hear my ringtone. I don't leave it on. But yeah, it's always the theme from Halloween. Well, for folks who don't have the theme for Halloween year round, maybe switch up your ringtone to something spooky fun. And the wallpaper on your computer and your phone. Yeah. And the lock screen. The wallpaper on my computer computer mm -hmm. is already a very spooky Halloween scene. Alec found it for me and put it up there. And I was like, well, I'm keeping this. It's like spooky woods, spooky jack-o'-lantern, spooky trees, spooky owls. I'll tell you, it really sets the tone of the room. When I set an alarm, I will often wake up to music. No sense waking up to the Monster Mash every day in October. Oh, goodness. But you know what really works? The Linus and Lucy theme. Hmm. Okay. I feel like I'd get sick of anything after a while, but I'm glad that you like it. Sure. We'll switch it out. But it's a nice, gentle wake up. And it can put you right in that uh, autumnal feeling. 
Because it's basically how, like, It's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown starts, is with that song. You know, if you have the means, if you're carving a pumpkin this year, hang on to those uh, pumpkin seeds. When I was in third grade, I uh, planted the seeds into a styrofoam cup of soil, and it took. And after uh, growing too big for the cup, transferred it over to the backyard, and the following year, had a pumpkin. Free pumpkin. Something that we talked about already is those lawn and leaf bags mm -hmm. that are shaped like pumpkins. Now, neither of us have a lawn, but we still have great affection for those jack-o'-lantern-looking lawn and leaf bags that you would fill with leaves and then set out to be collected. Yes. So they just look like giant pumpkins. Despite not having a lawn, I did buy one last year, and I used it for shredded documents. Just uh, kept it in the house and went on a big shred, which uh, those of you, you know who you are, who have been uh, putting it off, just letting uh, various statements gather. Have yourself a big shred. And uh, just for funsies, you can get one of those uh, jack-o'-lantern lawn and leaf bags. Pretty cheap. Something I like to do around the house is put Google eyes on things. <laughs> yes, you do. Just kind of bring some things to life around the house. Doorknobs mm -hmm. are one. Light switches are another. You can find them at any craft store. Salt and pepper shakers. Really just um, kind of haunted mansion your home. <laughs> Just by making things that aren't normally alive look alive. alive. Do you own any bell jars as, as like decoration? <sighs> that has like, like a specimen in or something? Not a specimen. I We do have a, a lamp that kind of operates that way. Like it's like an Edison bulb and there is a glass top that goes over it that you could pull off. We never do, but hey, that's the closest thing I have to that. Okay. I'm not sure, but I think if you put anything from around the house under a bell jar, it'll make it look kind of like sinister and gothic. <laughs> that's probably true. In fact, I saw... Uh, Michael's, you and I went to Michael's to look at uh -huh. Halloween decor yeah. not long ago. And I noticed that they had several items that were sort of like already pre-made creepy things in bell jars. Sure. Um, yeah. Very cute. I saw them in, uh, I think, Ikea, like 5 to $10, depending on the size. Nice. And I, I'm trying to think of just a, a benign object from around the house. I'm just kind of looking around me right now. Why do I only own, <laughs> I only own unusual things? <laughs> Yeah, your house is not a really good example of a normal house. I mean, that is a compliment. Sure. But just, uh, like, take a lollipop half out of the wrapper, but put it under a bell jar, and it's like, oh, man, is that a cursed lollipop? Like, what happens if I lift it out of its uh, container? What'll happen to me? <laughs> right. Um, oh, you just inspired me. It made me think about, like, um, like the Annabelle doll. Sure. Maybe you put an unassuming object in a bell jar and then make a sign that says, cursed object, do not remove under any circumstances. Sure. And people are going to yeah. wonder, what's yeah. with that mostly used uh, roll of scotch tape? Why That's can't right. I let it out? That's right. Very mysterious. So, yeah, bell jars. Look into it. Pumpkins. Look at them all. Pumpkin tree. No, a Halloween tree. 
And Kat, you introduced me to the concept of a Halloween tree this year. I did? Separate from the Ray Bradbury book, that regular folks just put up Halloween trees, like a Christmas tree. Yeah, I think it's a newer trend, but I love it. I love the idea. I mean, I'd been seeing Halloween ornaments for years, and I just assumed, I think, for a while that people would just put those on their Christmas tree. Yeah. Because that's where you put ornaments, and you just, you know, that's what you would do as a fun thing to make your Christmas spookier. But as it turns out, maybe that's how that started, but now people are starting to have a full-blown Halloween tree which I just texted you a picture of a family's Halloween tree that I thought you would appreciate it. It, it really does just look like their Christmas tree. Um, it's green and it's covered in Halloween ornaments and decor. I do think some people will get trees okay. that are actually black, you know, black needles or purple or some other such Halloweeny color. But I think it still works this way. Do they get like a bear tree to something that's got new leaves or needles? Oh, I see. You're talking about, like, you want your Halloween tree to be spooky and scraggly and, like, dead. My hypothetical Halloween tree. That's what I was picturing. Got it, got it, got it. Yes. Well, I mean, I agree with you, and I think in a perfect world, I'd love to have, like, a tall, spooky, you know, nothing but limbs and twigs type of a tree. But I like that this family took what would ordinarily just be their very real-looking fake Christmas tree, and instead of putting Christmas decorations on it. They bring it out in October and they put white lights. They've got little paper decorations. Everything's orange and white and black and candy corn. And then they have some bags of what I presume are like Halloween-y treats or maybe candy sitting under the tree. I mean, just the idea of a tree to sit in the glow of a tree with lights on it. I mean, that's always so magical yeah. in, during the holiday season. So it's like, why not back that out into Halloween and make it spooky? Also, and with all these things, purple seems to be on the rise as an accepted Halloween color. Definitely. I know lots of, like, witches' costumes for little girls would make good use out of purple. It goes with orange, Mm -hmm. first of all. And when I see uh, Halloween-ish lights out in front of houses, a lot of them are orange, but a lot of them are also purple, which uh, looks pretty good. I should say, speaking of lights, um, now this isn't free necessarily, but there's, I'm sure, a cheaper way to do this. Um, Alec has gotten really into the smart lights over the last year or two. So we have all these Philips Hue, that's the brand, we have the Philips Hue smart bulbs. You know, they're, they're not cheap, but we've collected enough over the years to have basically our entire apartment all of our lamps have these smart bulbs and you can create lighting schemes. So there's a decidedly October-y, Halloween-y lighting scheme that Alec puts on. That he created or like you can go online and just find? Both. So there are like aftermarket apps that have lighting schemes, but you can also design them yourself. I think he designed this one. But to your point, there's purple, there's green, there's orange and some red. But if you don't, you know, if you don't have the money to drop on these smart bulbs and like a hub to control them, you could also just buy colored bulbs and replace your lamps with them for a movie night or something if you wanted to make it extra spooky in your house. Yeah, get out the Christmas lights and see which ones, like if you got just like a strand of red. Oh, yeah. That might, you know, and then just like stick it behind some furniture, you know, not to where you can actually see the bulbs. Yeah. Oh, I see. You're trying to create a a hellish glow, and I really respect it. 
You get it. I simply love what you've done with this place. Heavy metal meets house and garden. <laughs> Marshall. Yeah. Okay, so I know that we all look at screens a lot of the day. I know I do if I'm working from home, when I'm working from home, but I do sometimes get a little fatigue watching movie after movie and I wanted to expand my personal horizons because we always watch we the collective we we always watch a lot of movies during the spooky season sure. so I'm like what's something that I don't ever do that maybe I can explore for myself so I looked up huh, first thing I did was I googled scary phone apps because I I remember six or seven years ago when those like VR things came out where you had the cardboard thing you'd put your phone into and then that covered your eyes and it was like a VR experience and it was very scary you're walking through some haunted place and I expected there to be a lot of experiential things like that. Uh -huh. but the first thing that came up when I googled scary phone apps was like actually scary things like this app can show anybody where you took that photo. Like all the oh, kind of like oh. really scary <laughs> stuff. And I was like, no, I don't want real world scary. There's enough to be scared of in the world. So I had to refine my search terms. Like spooky apps? Yeah. What I ultimately landed on, um, I think the way I found this was searching scary game or Halloween game. At any rate, what I came to was a free game in the Apple App Store called Wardwell House. And you, look, I am by no means an app slash game aficionado, not even close. So okay. please, if you're listening and you, you know of something I need to play, let me know. I'm not really into anything where I have to think too hard, which is why this game was perfect. Because essentially you download this free app. It is free. And that name again? It's called Wardwell House. Okay. And it probably took me 30 minutes to play it all the way through. And by play, I mean, you're really just navigating your surroundings and landing on areas that will then reveal more of the story to you. So you're really just looking around. But what I liked about it was it was very atmospheric. So it's all black and white. And essentially the storyline is that you have been on a boat and you're very tired. And I think maybe there was a storm. At any rate, you've washed ashore on an island, I think off the coast of Massachusetts, and you're trying to find shelter and you come upon a spooky house in the middle of the woods. And there are all these weird things hanging in the trees and you go and you explore the house and you unfold more of the mystery. Nice touch. It was ultimately kind of silly, but like if you're looking for, it had a little bit of a Blair Witch feel. And for sure, during the time that I played the game, I probably broke it up into a couple of sessions, but probably 30, 40 minutes was all it took. But I wasn't thinking about anything but this thing when I was doing it. It felt pretty immersive. Like I was really entranced with what I was doing. What I'm saying is there are worse ways to pass the time. Okay. Can you spell that, by the way? I'm having trouble with the world. What? Wardwell, W-A-R-D-W-E-L-L. -L. Okay, so have fun with that, folks. If you dare. If you dare. <laughs> you have a call, master. A gift for the spooky person in your life. What's becoming a very popular gift since quarantine is a cameo. And for those who don't know, a cameo is a uh, service where a celebrity of some status will record a brief message personalized for somebody, and then uh, they'll send that to you. Hello, I've got a message for you. I 
and you're not going to like it. Because again of quarantine, a lot of people who I think would normally be on like the autograph circuit, doing conventions and such, instead they're making themselves more available for cameo. Right. So you're saying find someone of some spooky renown and get a cameo for a friend. I went on the cameo website and they have a whole section like just for horror people. Whoa. Please say more about that. Well, I, I didn't write down any of the people, I'm afraid. But uh, if you know what the person in your life uh, likes and who they're into, it's, you know, varying rates. I did this for my sister with a musician for her birthday. And I had pre-hidden some gifts in her house. And what I did was I had the guy on the cameo tell her where those gifts were as part of the message. And I'm thinking, if you've got somebody who's a child who also likes uh, certain horror icons, maybe uh, that horror icon can tell them where to find the candy if it comes to it. That's such a great idea. And I'm now looking, uh, I just happened to pop on Cameo. So, oh, it just uh, happened. Okay. Just so that I can tell our listeners some of your options. You've got, oh, well, this is a good one. And very affordable. John Kassir, the Crypt Keeper himself. Okay. I mean, think about what a great camp. I bet he's. I bet his dance card is about to be full um, this Halloween season. What does he charge, just for example? $55 for John Kassir, which I think is a steal. Kane Hodder is $100. Okay. And these prices are subject to change. I could imagine that during Halloween time, horror people might be able to charge more there might be some surge pricing involved sure and you know get it soon and then just sit on it for sure for sure yeah bill mosley tony todd nick castle wow tom savini you can have for the low low price of 100 dollars. keep in mind if you've never gotten a cameo for anybody that everybody sets their own kind of time limits and what they will and won't do so it's not necessarily a free-for-all but it's kind of fun to look around heather langenkamp okay is there which is very exciting They've got Mark Duplass under the horror. I'm sure he's under several categories, but I find that kind of funny. Um, this is fun. I didn't think about sending a spooky cameo to someone. What a great idea. It's not mine. It was on the internet. Oh, great. What a great idea, internet. But the idea of telling someone where to find their candy, uh, that one's from me to you. Yeah, that is a Marshall original, and I love it. Oh, Daniel Harris. Oh, the Shining Twins. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Together? Wow. Together. And maybe they're quarantining together. Or maybe they hop on a group Zoom to do your thing. Okay. Great. Yeah. You you know, you could do way worse than a personalized, spooky, trick-or-treat, treat-finding cameo for the one that you love. Uh, that's a really fun. It's a really fun idea. Well, Kat. You know what's uh, free and uh, out in the open air and open usually six to seven days a week, but only during daylight hours? It's cemeteries. You know, and anyone who's listened to more than three episodes of our show knows, we love a cemetery. We really do. Now, keep in mind, Jewish cemeteries are closed on Saturday. We... I found that out the hard way when uh, I tried to organize us a little trip to go see Groucho Marx's grave, and mm -hmm. we got there and it was closed. Yeah. Whoops. But besides that, they're open uh, most of the time. Yeah. And uh, great for just to walk around, and as we get closer to Halloween, they only get better. They really do. And you're right. I do think they are wonderful in and of themselves for a good stroll. 
But if you start getting observant at any cemetery, the gifts just keep on giving. I think Mm -hmm. the stories you could craft in your head of what someone's life was like, given the minimal facts you have from their gravestone, not to mention beautiful statues, beautiful carvings. Some of them have beautiful little church buildings for services or things like that. Beautiful benches, beautiful place to sit. And I've always been of the belief that it's not disrespectful to go walk around a graveyard or walk, you know, on top of somebody's grave. I'm like, they're happy to have a visitor. Okay. Yeah. Go take a book and go read a book. But something that you and I have talked about on this podcast before is also, which is easier for us to do in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. is checking around for anybody who is of any repute, some kind of a public figure. And if you haven't looked around in your hometown, there might be someone famous in your backyard cemetery. I'm glad you brought that up because I took the initiative. I uh, just took the zip codes of several Boys and Ghouls listeners who have reached out to us. Oh. I've like hung on to their return addresses. And we're standing outside their houses right now. Just kidding. Without any names. I just use this as a way to uh, pick out random places in America and who you can find. All of this is just by going to uh, findagrave.com. And they tend to be... uh, Organized by cemetery and who of note is in that cemetery. Yeah, it's a website you and I have used again and again. Yeah. Let's see, this one's in Tennessee. You can find one of the fathers of miniature golf. Whoa. A uh, listener in Texas is near a classical pianist, a blues musician, and a race car driver. (laughs) A uh, listener in Wisconsin is near many famous brewers, as well as Dickie Chappelle. And she was killed in Vietnam but she was a journalist. She was the first war correspondent to be killed in Vietnam. Wow. And the first female reporter to be killed in any conflict. Wow. So that's a dubious honor, and you can just go to her grave. Over in Dallas, Texas, the 75228 area, you can visit a member of the Clyde Barrow Gang. That's, and I I think translating into the movie, the woman who was Gene Hackman's wife, the Mm real-life woman of that is in there, as well as, in the same cemetery, a family of professional wrestlers. What? Yeah, <laughs> that's that. Like, now that seems like a whole rabbit hole. Several. Yeah, I don't know if they all like went at once or anyways. Wow. Over in Chicago in the 60640, you can visit Frank Fatty Voss, a silent movie actor. Mm. In 1916, he made headlines when he was touted as a hero for tackling a runaway horse and bringing it to its knees before it could trample a man and his child. Oh. That was here in Los Angeles. But after death, he was taken home to the Chicago area. Yeah, that's the other thing is you would think that all the celebrities are centered in, you know, places where they make the movies and things. And of course, there are a lot of them here. But to your point in that one story, there are a lot of people who maybe made their way to Los Angeles and made their way to fame or or in New York or or elsewhere. And then were interred back home or somewhere else they want to be. Uh, Jane Mansfield was sent back to Pennsylvania, but her cenotaph is here. And that's a, if you see something that says cenotaph, it means there's not actually somebody buried there. So Jane Mansfield's real grave is in Pennsylvania, but her fans set up a cenotaph at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Huh. I've never heard of that. Final uh, listener coming in from the Ben Salem, Pennsylvania area, Nancy Spungen of Sid and Nancy. 
Whoa. Yeah, she was uh, rather famously killed at the Chelsea Hotel in New York, but her remains were sent back to her family in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. The moral of the story here, folks, is that one of the spookiest, coolest, most educational things you can do is go explore findagrave.com, find somebody you want to go visit, or just wander around your local cemetery. You are sure to find a gem or two, I promise you. See who's in your area. Uh, The next topic I I have is uh, the bogey book. The bogey books were put out typically by the companies that manufactured products that you could buy for Halloween. Specifically the Denison Company. Right. And for a little Easter egg, I think we mentioned this before, but in Hocus Pocus, the main family is the Denison family, Max Denison. It's just a bunch of Hocus Pocus. Denison would put out uh, a bogey book, which was kind of a guide of sorts to how to celebrate a fun Halloween, and, mm-hmm. and it would be filled with things you could buy to enhance said Halloween. And they started putting them out in the teens, or was it the 20s? I think so. Well, uh, the one I've got's from the 20s. Okay. The one that I had access to. But I do believe it started in the 19-teens. Get away, get away, get away, he'll try to tie you with the music Now, at that time, fortune-telling was big. Oh, yeah. And World War I only made the interest in spiritualism even greater because so many people lost people to World War I. Yeah. So Halloween and mysticism and, you know, this is before horror movies really became a thing. So decorating, and a lot of this is like uh, a lot of black cats, a lot of witches, everything's orange or black. Can I ask if you saw anything in there on the fortune-telling track about matchmaking or finding who you're going to marry? That's kind of fortune-telling? Oh, Oh, cat. <laughs> that's just about all it is. Yeah, that's what Halloween was for a long time. So, yeah, it's all like there's all different kinds of parties. And I didn't even understand what some of them meant. One of them said a card party. But I think that's like if adults get together to play cards mm-hmm. and you happen to do it on Halloween, here's how you can make your bridge group that much more fun. But a lot of them, yeah, it's like dances with young people. There was one called, this was all like by chapter, each chapter would be about two pages. The Business Girls Halloween Party. Wow. Wow. And I think reading between the lines, that means that she's single and has a job. Business girl. Okay. You know, so naturally it's time for her to get married off. Under games that you can play, and maybe some people can do at home as well. Uh, this is called the matrimonial race, where you put hard candies into a spoon, and you hold the spoon in your mouth, and then you also hold a potato on a knife. Whoa. Now, that doesn't sound very safe, so I say use a plastic knife. Are you balancing a potato on the knife? I don't think it's on the very tip, necessarily, mm. but I guess that makes it harder, yeah, because then you've got to run to one side of the room, like from one side of the room to the other. And the potato has to still be on the knife, and the candy has to still be in the spoon. Wow. Okay. And whoever wins is the first to get married. Wow. But you can just substitute that with any prize that you like. Bobbing for apples, they talk about. And then you wouldn't just like, hey, I got a free apple. But you would peel the apple and then throw the peel over your left shoulder, and it would form the initials of who you would wed. 
Oh, great. I'm yeah. going to marry... I think there's got to be a lot of interpretation. Oh, in yeah. That. Like, that, that looks like an L. No, God, no. It's got... It. That's definitely a C. Yeah. There's a fortune-telling game with invisible ink. Says, uh, you can just use water and baking soda and, like, write down, like, a fortune on a piece of paper. And when you hold it over a candle, what you've written will turn brown and tell them uh, what their uh, fortune will be. That's fun. You could also use that as part of the potential halloween scavenger hunt yeah. that you mentioned doing earlier. I feel like you could really incorporate an invisible ink element if you're trying to give somebody a clue. Yes. Yes. Good looking out. Speaking of invisible ink, I just wanted to tell you uh, that like 20 years ago, this type of X-lax, laxative uh, pills, was being discontinued. And my mom happened to know that there's a chemical in that that can be used to create invisible ink. Oh. So she went out and, like, stocked up on them. And she still has uh, the, these X-lax pills from, like, 20 years ago. She stocked up on them because she knew that you could make invisible ink out of them? For the purposes of invisible ink messages, yeah. I have questions. And she, what, was she needing, she needed to write a lot of invisible messages? Not for espionage, but for like, you know, kids and keeping them entertained. Wow. And uh, she just sent a few uh, capsules of X-Lax over to my cousin for her kids. <laughs> and uh, some instructions. Talk about a useful quarantine act, like supply to have on hand when you, you're trying to entertain the kids. You got to like crush it up and then I guess add a little water and then put it on. So unlike the ones that reappear with lemon juice, those just appear once. But the ones made with X-Lax, whatever was in the X-Lax, you would put ammonia on a cotton ball and rub it over the message. And then it would appear, but then disappear. Yeah, just encourage the kids not to lick their fingers after playing with this stuff. Let's keep it safe, folks. Yeah, it is a laxative. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. You can get your hands on some uh, 20-year-old X-Lax and have yourself a good time. The things you learn on Boys and Ghouls podcast. But yeah, there's really something alluring when, when you're a kid to the idea of a invisible ink message. Definitely. Yeah. Now, uh, most of the, uh, the bogey book menus are not particularly spooky. They're just like practical. Mm. You know, what kind of stuff you can serve. Uh, fruit cocktail, chicken patties, potato chips, ice cream, individual cakes and coffee. It would be many years before people started to really go in on the, uh, you know, these are cookies that are shaped like witch fingers. Oh, um, yeah. They get extremely creative these days. And the, the broken the glass. Yeah. Well, and to the extent that you and I even saw when we were at Target, the type of like cupcake toppers, like edible fondant. Little axes. Axes with blood on them, you know, or eyeballs or whatever. Like, there's a lot of really cool stuff you can do to make the food itself spooky these days. But they hadn't quite caught on to that yet back in no. 1920. No, back then you would get chicken pie, stuffed apple salad, nut bread sandwiches, hot gingerbread and coffee. None of these parties mention alcohol, but it was also written during Prohibition. Mm. And I don't know how young all these people are supposed to be. At a time when they're not married, but it's all they think about, apparently. Right. Under food, uh, pick up some apple cider. That always makes me feel like autumn. 100%. And this is from the bogey book, still. It's called Apple Ten Pins, 
which is bowling. I was about to guess that that's what it was. So you put matchsticks, and I'm guessing toothpicks would also serve, three of them in the bottom of each apple, and do that to 10 of them. And then an 11th apple you use as the ball. Wait, you're putting three toothpicks in the bottom kind of like a tripod? Yeah, to make them all stand up. Very cool. And then you would, I guess, organize them like like bowling pins. Uh-huh. And it's a competition. Most apples down and three rolls is the winner. That actually sounds like, I mean, apart from the food waste, an incredible amount of fun because I, I'm imagining trying to roll an apple, any old apple, with any level of aim. And because of the way apples sort of like are kind of, well, it depends on the type of apple, right? But like, I'm thinking about a red delicious apple, how it can be kind of lumpy. Yeah, me too. Like thicker on the top and then skinnier on the bottom. So if you're trying to aim, it's not like it's smooth and round on the outside. So it really must be a combination of like how lumpy your apple is, plus your skill, plus pure luck, you know? That seems like fun. Yeah, all it takes is 11 apples. Now, Kat, I I told you we were going to talk about this. Dinner by candlelight. It can be romantic, but it can also be spooky, depending how you arrange your candles. Mm -hmm. But I think there's a real fine line. So how would you arrange candles so they're not romantic, but are spooky? Uh, hmm. If if, if you're you're sitting down to a meal and it's all by candlelight. Interesting. Well, I feel like if you get yourself some black tapered candles like if the candles themselves are black okay i feel like maybe that intimates i'm not saying black candles can't be romantic but i'm saying i feel like that communicates that it's spooky time also my instinct is that any light that shines underneath one's face is inherently spooky but you can't really put a candle right under your chin no so i don't know that was my initial thought is uh the color of the candles what were you thinking well, I think if it's a bit slapdash and disorganized. Mm, maybe different heights and different types of candles. Yes, especially if you have like a candelabra where mm-hmm. ideally they would all be the same height, but they're all at different heights. Yes. I think if it's a bit like candles up high, candles down low, candle to the left, candle to the right, you have more of a chance of it being like kind of gothic looking. Yeah. But if you get super like symmetrical, it can look like an altar or a ritual. Sure. So I think one extreme or the other can provide a a spooky atmosphere through candles. Melty candles is scarier, but you never (laughs) start with melty candles. Don't put any in wine bottles. That's just romantic. (laughs) Yeah, now you're just in an Italian restaurant. Yeah. Scented candles, which we've already discussed, um, not terribly spooky, even though we recommend them to get you in the Halloween mood. Mm Mm-hmm. I guess just their appearance. Right. They don't tend to look particularly uh, scary. Agreed. Yeah. Now, here's a trick from the bogey book. Going back to that. They recommend taking like four candles and sitting around it and telling a ghost story. But what you do is you rig the candles by cutting them at like different lengths, like different lengths down from the top. Mm -hmm. And then you put them back together by heating the ends. So it still looks like one continuous candle. But wherever you cut it, while it's burning, that's where it's going to stop and just blink out. So you can try to, like, have all of them just kind of blink out one at a time, like, long before they should have. Oh. Or maybe you can kind of try them all at the same point so they all blink out at the same time. Very scary. Yeah. That was one of the suggestions from the bogey book that was actually scary. 
Mm -hmm. Just about everything else has to do with uh, figuring out when you're going to get married. Right. Not for eating, but uh, for keeping evil spirits away. You salt your doors and windows. It was featured in Chelsea Stardust's movie Satanic Panic. Okay. Which I recently watched on Shudder. And you interviewed her for a uh, Behind the Screams. Yes, she has been on our podcast. And it explores the, uh, and I looked this up, and it's supposed to keep evil spirits out. If you put a row of salt down uh, at your windowsill and down across like the door frame. I mean, that reminds me of, I mean, I feel like a circle of salt is meant to be protective. Like they do that in Hocus Pocus. Okay. Yeah. So salt makes sense to me. That makes a lot of sense. A little bit, a little bit tough to clean up though. I do feel like that could get a little messy. Yeah. I did write that down. It does require some cleanup. But we're throwing caution to the wind here. It's Halloween. Who cares? What am I even, who, why why did I even bring that up? Who cares? Stop being a buzzkill cat. You know what? If you do the, uh, let's combine things. If you do the uh, ghost story I just mentioned with the candles, maybe uh, if you you can go out on the porch or something, or even outdoors, nothing says you have to be indoors. And you can do it within a circle of salt. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, just going on inexpensive things. A container of salt is about the cheapest thing in the grocery store. And uh, bonus, you can keep away evil spirits. Right. Just make sure if you spill any, which you do if you're putting it on the ground, just throw some over your left shoulder for good measure. Yeah, that's key. Don't forget to do that. I still do that anytime I spill salt. The Monster Cereals, Count Chocula, Frankenberry, and Booberry present Count Chocula Goes to Hollywood. Okay, uh, Kat, last Halloween... We covered the monster cereals, Frankenberry, Booberry, Count Chocula. Oh, stop it. You're making me hungry. I think they are uh, best enjoyed on Saturday mornings while watching cartoons, but that's up to you. <laughs> you can eat them individually, or I like to combine all three into one bowl and call it a monster mash. Whoa, that's next level. Yeah. Getting creative during quarantine, I have also made monster cereal pancakes. This is not complicated. It's just instant pancake mix and monster cereal with just a little bit of food coloring. Just a couple drops of red will give you a Frankenberry pink wow. when you put it in the pancake mix. Couple drops of blue will give you the blueberry blue. And then you just like mix in the cereal and the marshmallows and fry it up like a regular pancake. For Count Chocula, I use a packet of cocoa mix, like for hot chocolate. Mm-hmm. And that'll make the whole thing brown and just that much more chocolatey. So... If you're like me and you buy several boxes of Monster Cereal and you want to mix it up, it's fine. It's Monster Cereal pancakes. It tastes about like you think it would. Though I know I should be wary, still I venture someplace scary. Ghostly haunting, I turn loose. Beetlejuice! 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 Now, to the cartoon half of all this. Um, Everyone's got their favorites. I did a little looking into some spooky cartoons and saw what was available uh, streaming or just for free on YouTube. I know, Kat, you like the Beetlejuice cartoon. Yeah, definitely. Anybody who's got the Beetlejuice Blu-ray, I believe that comes with like two episodes of the cartoon on it. It does. I, I have it and it does. If you go over to YouTube, it's got like four episodes broken into 29 parts. Wow. It's a playlist. They go one after the other. Sure. So it should be pretty okay. Good evening. 
<laughs> you know Tales from the Crypt Keeper? Yes. That's the uh, Tales from the Crypt as a cartoon. Right. And all three seasons are all on Tubi, which if you're in these United States, I don't know where if the streaming service of Tubi, T-U-B-I, mm-hmm. is outside of America or not. I don't know for our international listeners. But um, it's a free service, but there is commercials. So just sort of leaning on the free side of things, I've been looking into uh, what Tubi has to offer very much. And uh, you can watch Tales from the Crypt Keeper. I'll just scare the pants off them. <laughs> did you ever watch the Ghostbusters cartoon? I'm sure that I did. I think Alec watched it quite a bit. Um, I'm not, I, no, I'm not knocking cartoons. I definitely watched cartoons growing up. I watched a lot of Beavis and Butthead and Ren and Stimpy and like DuckTales and things like that as a kid. But I just didn't watch a ton of it after okay. that. So I just don't have a ton of cartoon education. I wish I, it's just not one of my strengths. Well, let me uh, educate you right now. I wish you would. So first there was a live action show called Ghostbusters back in the 70s. Oh, excuse me. I'm looking for the Ghostbusters. This must be the circus office. No, 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 no. We, we're the Ghostbusters. You're the Ghostbusters? And then when they made the movie, they kind of forgot to get permission to use the name Ghostbusters because it was already a thing. (laughs) They worked it out. But then when it came time for Ghostbusters cartoon, uh, Filmation, they made their own cartoon based on that show. And they put it out one week before the real Ghostbusters. Oh, boy. That's why they called themselves the real Ghostbusters, because they had to compete with the original Ghostbusters that owned the name. Oh, my. Right now, the real Ghostbusters, which features, you know, the characters from the movie and Slimer, right now you have to pay for those episodes. But all of the episodes of just Ghostbusters, which is not the Ghostbusters most people think of, you can just get all of those on... YouTube, all 65 episodes. All right, Eddie, time to put on our ghost clothes. Let's go! It's about as good as any cartoon from 1986. But Mm -hmm. speaking of 1986 cartoons, there was two seasons of Teen Wolf. Beware, Scott. When the moon is full. Oh, no. Not again. anyone sees me like this this is based on the michael j fox teen wolf uh-huh. and there's five episodes on youtube i went and found them and rewatching it i rather like that show really it's not sophisticated or anything right it's not like as an adult i'm getting inside jokes or anything right but the very premise of it is okay he's a teen wolf he's a teenager who's also a werewolf and his family are also werewolves but they have to stay secret mm-hmm. but and this is the part i like they live in the town of Wolverton. Yeah. And the town of Wolverton is werewolf crazy. Look at this town. It's so commercial. Everything is wolf this or wolf that. If they only knew. Like there was some incident with a werewolf like back when their town got founded. And now like if they get a burger, they go to Wolf Burger. And there's like a werewolf themed amusement park. And there's tourists that go there. Get your werewolf t-shirts, werewolf fangs. Their styles trying to make a fast buck as usual. It's kind of like Salem, Massachusetts is for witches. It's, it's a tourism industry. Or like if you go to Roswell, there's gift shops for aliens. Right, right, right. Well, this is like a werewolf themed town, except he's an actual werewolf, but he can't tell anybody. That's fun. Yeah. Oh, no. The full moon. 
just what I need. I'm gonna be a walking furball. Just the town of Wolverton kind of makes it a little cut above most cartoons of the day. And just that sort of a dichotomy. Hey man, he's so cool. Breaking all the Beware, it's the Adam's family cereal. Ghostbusters taste great with milk and juice and toast. Horrifying, isn't it? All the school bells are ringing, now it's time to begin. Uh, you ready for a, a deep cut? Always. Well, the misfits get it. 1990s Gravedale High. You can find several uh, episodes on YouTube. I think Matthew and Daniel have been into this show for a while. Of course. I think they told me about this years ago. Yeah, you can see how it's very much their cup of tea. Uh, Well, this is Rick Moranis in Gravedale High. That's what it says Uh in the credits. Nice. Rick Moranis plays the human teacher that looks and sounds like Rick Moranis of a bunch of monster students at Gravedale High. How would you all like to take a fun field trip? Great! The swamp. The tar pit? The wax museum? No, no, and no. I just got some free passes to Midtown Amusement Park. Bummer. Tim Curry is the voice of a mummy. Ricky Lake is the voice of another mummy. Wow. Jackie Earl Haley is like the creature from the Black Lagoon who's kind of like a surfer dude as we're in many cartoons in 1990. Hey, dudes, long time no pizza. Well, this is a real who's who. But mostly what really grabbed me was how I just had not heard of it until like this year. It had completely passed me by. In 1990, I was still watching cartoons. Mm -hmm. But also on YouTube, you can watch Groovy Ghoulies, two different kinds of Sabrina, Drac Pack. Drac Pack, that's great. That's from 1980. And folks, don't forget about Scooby-Doo. Just Scooby-Doo. He's out there. Right. In different forms, different streaming platforms. Would you come with us for a Scooby snack? And you can buy at the store uh, a graham cracker shaped like Scooby snacks. Little bone-shaped graham crackers that say Scooby on them. Cute. When I was a kid, I wanted two things. I wanted Scooby snacks, and I wanted a giant sandwich like Shaggy ate. Those, like, real tall ones Uh that he would make. I would convince my mom to let me go peanut butter, jelly, third slice of bread with, like, peanut butter and jelly. But that's about as tall as my sandwiches ever got. Uh, failing that, get some Scooby snacks. Nice work, Scooby. You caught the creeper. Yes. Might have gotten away with it, too. If it wasn't for these blasted kids and their dogs. In lieu of going out to a proper Halloween party this year, I know everyone's sort of in a different boat as far as, you know, interacting with people and how many people you have around you to interact with. But it sounds like probably a lot more people this year will just be having movie nights. <laughs> you can have a movie night for one. I've done it since quarantine, which is more than just putting on a movie, but like you, you make a night of it. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. I think everybody listening already knows what they plan on watching during the month of Halloween. And if not, we got 80 other episodes to tell you about good horror movies. Yeah. I will say, though, if you're putting on a double feature, and Kat, you can tell me if you agree, uh, whatever the second feature is should be the shorter of the two, 
and kind of the more light and fun of the two. Interesting. For people who can hang. Yeah, I don't often double feature uh, just because I get tired. We tend to do the opposite, where it'll either be like a cartoon or or a short, and then the movie. But if you're doing two movies, that seems right to me. Like, you'd want to get through the first one that takes more concentration or is heavier, um, especially if you think it might give you nightmares. (laughs) Because if you can cap it with a nice, light little nightcap like a horror comedy or something that's shorter you probably i think i definitely corroborate that conclusion okay so like the, the slash em up comes first mm-hmm. and the one with more yucks might be second yeah for sure personally i like to show something that's got both for halloween american werewolf in london being like the best example sure fright night's a good one good balance of humor and horror yep you know for when people are over yum yum It's time for a tasty and refreshing snack. Going the extra distance when it comes to your foods. And I don't mean the kind of food. I just mean food presentation. I like to buy like those popcorn bags with like stripes on them like you get at the carnival Mm -hmm. and give that to my guests for popcorn. Yes. I think that's just more fun. And that that even works if your guests are just the people that you share a home with already. If you're trying to stay, stay distanced. There is absolutely no reason why you can't make a movie night at your place extra, extra special in October for the people in your household. We promise to satisfy your hunger, your thirst, your sweet tooth. So yes, striped bags for the popcorn. Like, pour your popcorn in a dumb old bowl. And then everyone's reaching out of the same bowl. Everybody needs their own little, you know, find a way to make it feel special. Also, I like to just make up bratwurst. Among the things being canceled is... uh, Oktoberfests. Mm, so right. to me, brats feel rather Octobery. And I also pick up some of those uh, hot dog holders, like the same thing that you would get if you're at like a ball game or mm-hmm. out at a, uh, basically I'm trying to emulate a drive-in concession stand when I have people over. To visit our snack bar and treat yourself to some delicious popcorn and soft drinks and candy and French fries. I just bought a bunch of those like red wire uh, baskets mm-hmm. that like fries come in for that day when I have people over again. Right. When it comes to pizza, if you see them in the stores, you can also get those triangular striped pizza holders, like just paper, like as if you're at a carnival or say a drive-in. Mm-hmm. And or, and this took me a couple of times to get it right, cut your pizza into the shape of a pentagram. Pizza! Pizza! Pizza, pizza, pizza. Now, I don't know if you can request that get done, like if you're ordering a delivery, but maybe you can order it without any uh, slices at all and do it yourself. Special request, no slices in my pizza. I must slice it the devil's way. Yeah. Uh, The last few frozen pizzas I've had, I have cut up into pentagram shapes. (laughs) Just for the fun of it. Oh, and when you're making popcorn, get some Jiffy Pop. One, it's like the movie Scream. And it actually turns the popcorn making into a bigger event than just pressing a button, the popcorn button on your microwave. Yeah. It makes it like a thing. And by the way, that's for all ages. I've had adults over, and they get a kick out of Jiffy Pop also. Still plenty of time to come and be served at the refreshment center before showtime. For your movie, before, you know, it comes on, I know I'm trying to, like, uh, make it as if you're out at a theater or out at a drive-in or something. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. There are drive-in ads you can just find on YouTube, just like 
four hours of drive-in ads, and I think all those are a hoot. Yeah, they really are. Or trailers. One of my favorite parts of the movie-going experience has always been the trailers, or the previews of coming attractions, which run before the main feature. These previews are sometimes better than the movies themselves, and with good reason. Even the worst movie should have enough good footage to create two or three exciting minutes. There's collections of trailers, and there's a lot of compilations of just like horror movie clips that you can play. I'm honored to be your host for this retrospective of miniature cinema masterpieces. Going through Tubi, I've found quite a few of them. Uh, Kat, you watched one. You watched Coming Soon. I did, yeah. That's one of the more uh, family-friendly ones, to be sure. Because a lot of these, like, they'll say, like, horror, and they're like, horror and kung fu. And you're like, oh, that ain't bad. Horror and kung fu and just nudie movies. Mm -hmm. So basically, they're like all sorts of exploitation. Well, you first introduced me to the idea of, like, a trailer compilation with, I think, a DVD you had of Grindhouse trailers. Yes. And that was the obviously, you know, more adult. Yeah, those can be pretty fun for adults. Yeah, and I thought the novelty, I mean, personally, I get a little taxed just watching trailer after trailer. So I enjoyed the framing device in the coming soon special that you sent me of Jamie Lee Curtis herself. Yes. Talking about it, giving some context. And like there were fun little gags in there where a little hand would pop up behind her or whatever. Mm -hmm. So that was fun. The real stars of Universal's Gold age were Lugosi, Cheney, and Karloff. The Mummy, the Wolfman, Frankenstein, Dracula, and all of their wives, sons, and daughters. And she kind of takes you through uh, not just Universal classics, even though it's made by Universal and it's full of Universal movies, it's not afraid to show bad ones too and cheesy ones. It cops to the cheese. Yeah. Even though it's like just a big celebration of like, look what we made. We're Universal Studios. Man was confronted with his most shocking blunder. A blunder that transformed a tiny insect into the hundred-foot spider that was now ravaging the panic-stricken countryside. Coming Soon was made in 1982. It was actually directed by John Landis and written by Mick Garris. And that was when uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was still a scream queen. Yeah. 1982. It was kind of before she began to try to distance herself from it, you know, because there yep. was a time period where she was like... All right, I'm kind of done with that. I want to have a career that's not just horror. And then, of course, we all know she's circled back, much to everyone's delight. But, um, yeah, I was, I was appreciating that she was still in that phase where she's kind of leaning into it. An explosion always looks good. And if there's an explosion in the picture, you can be sure it'll show up in the trailer. Tubi which I could not get through all of their uh, horror selections because it's got a little something for everyone. And it's got a real spectrum of quality, too, but it depends what you're into. But they've got a few of those compilation movies. One's hosted by Elvira called uh, Film Gore, mm -hmm. and that's just, like, all the gory bits. Have you got your barf bags ready? It feels a little off-brand for her. I love her. I've seen every one of her movies Four times. She's every made one of every them? One. No, four I've seen times. Every, no. I've, she's only made two movies. But there's another one called Filmhouse Fever, which features a very young Steve Buscemi. Hmm. As like a guy who just loves watching TV and watching movies, just kind of taking you through all these different like horror sci-fi movie clips. As if he's at a like a nine-hour film festival. Check this out, man. All the movies you were ever dying to see, but were too embarrassed to pay five bucks for a film festival. Most all these came out in the 80s, too. But I think after watching, like, I think I watched, like, five or six of these. 
just collections of clips made into a movie. Mm-hmm. I'd say uh, weighing different factors, the coming soon with Jamie Lee Curtis is kind of the best time. Yeah. Also on Tubi are some of the old Elvira shows, like when she was brand new, like how she first made her mark. Uh, Elvira's movie Macabre. Hello, darling, and welcome to the show. Elvira's the name and movie hosting's my game. Week after week, I'm good for a shriek. As... <laughs> and there it is, the shriek. Uh, but here's the thing. The movies she was showing, at the time she showed them, they would, like, cut out the nudity and the sex scenes, because a lot of these were, like, foreign horror films that, mm-hmm. you know, pretty heavy. Like, um... The Devil's Wedding Night is one that that I watched. Dark desire lures the village virgins to the castle of carnal craving. And then she comes on and she talks about like the corny plot and the corny dialogue. And you might be like, isn't she going to mention like the five minutes of like vampire sex I just watched? <laughs> but at the time that all of her interstitials were made, those weren't in the movie. Right. You're watching, you know, five minutes of boobs, and then she's like, how about that accent? <laughs> and, and it's like, that's your takeaway? All right. Uh, maybe that's another story for another time. Folks, as you put together maybe a movie night or you just go through the month of October looking for things to watch, we found a few things that, like, are streaming that aren't very long, something you can uh, use as, like, a pre-show to whatever it is you're going to watch, because... I kind of think most people already have the month of October kind of planned already. Yeah. Some people are working off of lists. Other people just have favorites that they revisit. So I'm not going to try to tell people what to watch. But uh, maybe if you want to fit in some uh, little goodies, we... uh... Yeah, I I feel like we've talked for a few dozen episodes about movies and TV shows and things here and there. But I did... uh, One of the things that immediately came to mind for me when thinking about a Halloween that almost wasn't or might not be quite exactly what we what we're used to is um a more indoorsy halloween than we're used to yeah don't go out there you know one thing that alec and i have gotten really into are some of the uh we love disneyland and we love watching disney vloggers on youtube we have a few favorite channels but we also sort of have dipped into the realm of just theme park vlogs in general, Uh um, less Disney specific. And if you've never really delved into like walkthroughs or vlogs or anything like that, I have found it a really fun way to feel like I'm experiencing certain events without actually being there. Um, so there are just thousands and thousands of hours of this stuff on YouTube. If you go, if you go look for it. And one of the things we like to do, um, I do want to mention one and there are tons of them, but one, Whenever a new attraction or a a new Halloween Horror Nights or a new Not Scary Farm or something happens, I always go to this YouTube channel, Sharp Productions. Mm -hmm. I find their quality to be really good. And they will do walkthroughs of all the mazes at Halloween Horror Nights or, you know, of a haunted attraction or whatever. And I, I mean, we've spent hours watching walkthroughs of Halloween Horror Nights mazes. And, you know, for example, like even the ones that you and I went through year year over year at Universal Hollywood, the Universal Orlando Horror Nights is much, much bigger. So you get to see all the scare zones that you can't visit, all the, you know, and just because this stuff isn't happening this year doesn't mean you can't go experience it online. And the other thing I'll say 
is I absolutely love my very favorite are Tim and Jen Tracker. They're, I think the YouTube channel is The Tim Tracker, but it's he and his wife, and they, they do all sorts of theme park stuff. But they've done some Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, um, Halloween Horror Nights, just different haunted attractions. Um, is that who you uh, sent to me? That they were going through the combination Jason Freddy like Nightmare at Crystal Lake. No, I'm not sure who that was. That was just an example of a really fun walkthrough. So uh, I don't remember what channel that was, but that was a great example of a year where I didn't go to this event, and I really wished I had once I saw the video of it, which was the Warner Brothers like horror made here event that was their first. Uh, it was Warner Brothers Studios kind of first real Halloween event and I think that was like 2018 or 2019 and holy moly was like on their back lot and you like walked by a lake and Jason was there and you walked through cabins and you see counselors and there's like it was just such a really cool experience and we watched that going damn we you know and maybe it was a 75 or 100 dollar price tag and we were like oh, maybe we'll see how that shakes out and maybe go another year. And I wish I had known then what I know now, or even once we saw the video, we were like, that would have been worth the money. It was really, really cool. They must have had some real noise restrictions because once you got off their tram, a character, like one of the victims comes up and is like, be very quiet. You don't want to alert Jason. I'm like, all right, well, that's pretty different than a bunch of guys with chainsaws. That's funny. Or, I mean, who knows if it was truly a noise restriction, or maybe that's just really part of the story. I guess, because they did it again in the cabin. Mm-hmm. Another one was like, you guys, be careful. There's killers. Be quiet. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they were next to active filming or something, because it is a movie lot. Also, I mean, I think sometimes even I forget that Universal is so, so noisy, like a Universal Halloween event. It's one of the things I've complained to you about over the years is that some of the mazes are so just cacophonously loud that there's no room for a real scare. So I could totally see a different entity being like, all right, they're all about chainsaws. We're going to make people really feel like they're hiding from Jason. And what better way to do that than to tell them you have to be really quiet. That's their take. Yeah, but who knows? But I can't recommend that stuff enough. If you've never gone down the rabbit hole of looking up any Halloween or spooky event that you've ever wanted to go to or you want to discover ones you didn't know about, there's things like roller coasters that are, like, scary-themed that you never knew about. I think one time we went down a rabbit hole and found there is a Saw-themed coaster. That's crazy. I think it's called Thorpe Park in the UK, but it's like, it's the cra- one of the craziest things I've ever seen. I, I just never would have expected that that would be the theme of a roller coaster. So I do think that, yeah, if you've never explored that corner of the internet, if you were looking to live vicariously, there are people who have done some really, really high quality, beautifully clear production value uh, walkthroughs, and you can really feel like you're somewhere that you're not. You know, we'd all love to be in those places, but... I think we are lucky to live in a time where we can virtually visit a lot of stuff that um, we can't physically be there for. All right. Well, turn down the lights and watch a few of those. Yes, definitely. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and monster if there is any, let the cartoon begin. (laughs) 
one thing I did want to mention, I'm not that cartoon versed, but Disney Plus has a whole bunch of like newer Mickey cartoons. Like there's a new series of Mickey Mouse cartoons and the design of the characters and of the animation is so interesting and unique. But there was one, I think it was called like Black and White or Mickey and Black and White, but there's a really delightful little short cartoon where Mickey and Minnie go to a scary movie and he gets so scared that all the black leaves his body okay. and he has to chase it down to try to get it back through the cartoon and he's chasing it through the streets and it is eluding him and it was really charming and fun. That's the only one we've watched so far that was inherently spooky, but I recommend it. It was really, really cute and all of those Mickey cartoons are great. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, hey, when you're uh, putting on a double feature, traditionally you get a newsreel. Let's skip that. And you get a cartoon before your movie. Yeah. And just on YouTube are some great old Mickey Mouse cartoons. Yes, definitely. Uh, the black and white ones. There's a Mickey and the Mad Doctor where Pluto gets kidnapped by a mad scientist. Yeah. And he has to go into like his haunted mansion. Not the haunted mansion, just like a scary castle. The Silly Symphonies, which was Disney, uh, Skeleton Dance from 1929, just all these skeletons oh, dancing that's around. That's the number one classic. So good. From the same year, uh, Mickey Mouse in Haunted House. And it's uh, very early Mickey Mouse. And again, with like the dancing skeletons and just kind of creepy things with Mickey running around. Uh, in color is uh, Mickey, Donald, and Goofy and Lonesome Ghosts. Mm-hmm. And also before... Uh, you know, before you watch a movie, the Betty Boop cartoon, Halloween Party, mm-hmm. where she's putting on a Halloween party. I think I watched that for the first time last year. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's a great one. And it just shows like what Halloween parties were like in like 1933, where like her guests, they didn't wear costumes, but they all wore like fun hats. Mm-hmm. I guess that was a thing. And you decorate with like witches and black cats and pumpkins and... They all stood in a circle and sang a song. Yeah. Um, things that are streaming that are just out there and free and fun. You watched Mummy Daddy from Amazing Stories. Yes, on your recommendation, and it was uh, an incredibly fun little episode of television that would be perfect viewing for October. It'd probably be really good for even for Halloween night. Really, really wonderful. Yeah, like all of Amazing Stories, which ran in the 1980s, it's on the NBC streaming platform. It's free, and it's family-friendly, and it's just great, spooky fun from like beginning to end, and it's, it's fast-paced. Where's my fog? Where's my fog? You know what it feels like? You know how, like, once a season there would be, like, that fun episode of the X-Files? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like Humbug? Yeah. It feels like one of those. It does. It's got, like, like that sense of fun. Yeah. You know, I can't help think we're doing something special here. Either that or a complete piece of junk. It's hard to tell. 
All I knew is you told me, like, watch this episode of this show. Here's where to find it. And I was like, okay. And I watched it because I was like, oh, that title's interesting. But I wasn't necessarily hooked. But then you realize that the conceit of the episode is that there's an actor playing a mummy in, like, a boggy, woodsy, swampy area whose wife, uh, so he's wrapped up literally, um, see what I did there, in his (laughs) mummy costuming. And they even make a crack about how, like, it's lunchtime at, like, midnight because they're filming at night and Bronson Pinchot, who plays the director, who's great. He's like, ah, you can't, we can't really get you out of this costume and put you back in it. So you're gonna have to stay in it. It's too hard to get out of, which brilliantly sets up the comedy of the fact that then his wife goes into labor and he has to, he's just takes off for the hospital dressed as a full on, I mean, not just dressed, but like he is a mummy, the makeup, the costuming, everything. He looks like a craggly old mummy. I hope he makes it without stopping. So you've got the comedy of him trying to navigate getting to his wife looking like he does and he's physically uncomfortable. But then also... Starts scaring the locals. Starts scaring the locals who conveniently already are afraid of a local legend mummy that they know about and they believe it's him Mm -hmm. comes to life. An actual cursed mummy. An actual cursed mummy. And they are, you know, you've got two mummies... And a guy just trying to get to his wife in the hospital when she's birthing their child. And it is quite, quite delightful. The mummy's a special type of critter, see? It's already been killed once. We'll drive a stake through his heart, okay? That ain't how you kill no mummy. That's how you kill Dracula. Fire, then. They hate fire. Uh Uh-uh. Frankenstein hates fires. Silver bullet. Werewolf. I will say there is a bit of like lynching talk that made me a little uncomfortable, which it's comedy and it's fine, but just, you know, you you just be prepared. But all in all, I thought it was like such a freaking hilarious, smart idea. And what a fun, what a fun episode of TV. I just wanted to say that in case anybody was like, oh, mummy, daddy, amazing stories. It's just an instant classic. Super fun. I would watch that again. I'm really glad you liked it. The mummy's a daddy. It's just like they say. What? You're never too old. Also on the NBC streaming platform uh, is all of Night Gallery, but for a bonkers good time, the episode The Return of the Sorcerer with Bill Bixby and Vincent Price. Can you tell me why the uh, the two translators before me quit after only one day? Well, there was one passage in here that they just refused to translate. I've watched it uh, twice for this podcast, Mm -hmm. and it just keeps getting better. Whatever is in the passage must have terrified them. They left. Do I know who Bill Bixby is? He was the Incredible Hulk. Oh, of course. I was like, why does that name sound familiar? He was David Banner. Of course, yes. I can see his... I'm not sure I know him from anything else, but I know I watched a lot of that as a kid because my brother loved the show, but um, I'm not sure I know him as anything else but the Incredible Hulk. I'm not into uh, occultism or uh, Satanism or anything like that. I'm really a very square person. He's like a translator, and, you know, Vincent Price is this old Satanist. Who was like bringing him in to like translate ancient texts? It's my brother. Your brother's dead. Don't you think I know that? 
And it just gets pretty wild. And I really like, I love the Vincent Price of it all. Yeah. So check that out. Also on the NBC app is all of the Night Stalker. Another vanishing corpse. I tell you, we're in luck. It's terrific. Another vanishing corpse. Another vanishing corpse and he gets excited. Cold check the Night Stalker. They don't have any specific Halloween episodes, mm-hmm. but they're all good for Halloween. A perfect night for Halloween. You must come in and celebrate with us. Uh, free on Pluto, you and I watched two Adams Family episodes. I just watched one. I didn't watch. I ran out of time. I understand. But you said the second one incorporated a lot of clips from the first one, so I just watched the first one. Yeah, just one in particular. Just like a pumpkin carving clip, mm-hmm. which is like, wow, they just used a whole scene from last year into this year. But at the time, like, who's going to notice? Right. And who's going to be able to prove it? Right. They'd have some faint memory from the year before. They're like, isn't that? Well, uh, oh, well. We're going to play an old-fashioned Halloween game. Game? Yes, a bobbing game. Please, if you don't mind, we'll just sit here quiet for a while and, and then scram. No, you must play. Don Rickles plays a thief. Okay. Two, like, okay. bank robbers need a place to lay low. Look, mm-hmm. Marty! We call it bobbing for the crab. A real challenge. Yeah, but that crab's alive. And full of snap, too. That's the challenge. In that one, they bob for a live crab. But if you watch the other one, you'll see a very Adam's way of bobbing for apples. Okay. Maybe I'll save that one for October. It's pretty good. And just like everything we're trying to kind of get at here, the stay-at-home Halloween, nobody's better at entertaining themselves at home than the Adams family. Yeah. With all their crazy hobbies and interest in what each other gets up to and, like, weird contraptions. The grand irony of them being positioned as, like, you know, the weirdos is, like, they're such a loving, tight-knit family. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, even, you know, from that TV show and the comics and even the movies, like, they're just good at, you know, the kids occupying themselves around the house, dropping, you know, the baby off the roof (laughs) with a boulder and seeing which which one's going to hit the ground first. Like, these are kids who know how to occupy themselves. The whole family. There's always something to do. Yeah, there's always something to do around the house. They've got nooks and crannies and secret doors and libraries and weird books and yoga to do and all the weird stuff. Um, Yeah, we we could all learn a thing or two. You also watch The Adventures of Pete and Pete. Once a year, like the leaves, it comes. A magical night when bedtimes disappear and identities change. Trick or treat! Uh, folks, if you watch The Adventures of Pete and Pete in the 90s, the Halloween-y episode is on YouTube, and I think it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's excellent. And uh, plenty of pumpkins, whole and smashed. Yeah. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, well, yes. Sometimes when, uh, when things do Halloween episodes, they don't always actually bring in the autumn of it. They'll just do something scary. Mm-hmm. But plenty of uh, crisp autumn foliage and pumpkins in the uh, Halloween-y episode of uh, The Adventures of Pete and Pete from 1994. Once a Halloween, always Halloween. Maybe this is a year you might want to check out a Santo movie. I know I'm a fan. Santo, el de plata. On YouTube, there's a couple. uh, If you speak Spanish, there's a few to choose from. Um, I do not. So uh, two of the titles with English subtitles is Santo and the Blue Demon versus the Monsters and Santo versus Los Zombies. (laughs) And that is the masked wrestler 
who goes up against monsters in a series of films. Also on YouTube, you can find Spooky World, a visit to America's horror theme park. So if you're looking for a little fun, a little scare this Halloween, come with me now. Let me show you around the place, if you dare. That's the uh, promotional video that got put out for Kane Hodder's Hayride mm-hmm. in Massachusetts. Yes, I remember you telling me about that. You know, and compare that to some of the things that uh, Kat was talking about. And you can really see how um, scares have developed in the last 25 years. Welcome to Elm Street. You know who lives here. The competition. And if you meet him, it can be a real nightmare. Also, just comparing it to what, you know, the Halloween Horror Nights and what Warner Brothers is doing. It was great seeing characters who, like, I know didn't have headshots. Yeah. They're just the local kids. They're just the local hires. They're just making a few bucks between the end of September and the beginning of November. Yeah. And you can see their big, puffy 90s sneakers, you know, underneath their robes. Ooh, they never had a ghost of a chance. Scared yet? Our journey's just beginning. There's so much more ahead. Um, Watch the original ending of Little Shop of Horrors. It's all on YouTube, and it's like 10 minutes long. And it's just Audrey 2's wrecking the city. (laughs) I don't know. I feel a little bit triggered. It's 2020 after all. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) It's a little too close to home. Then maybe you can watch the original short that Trick or Treat was based on. That animated short. Oh, so good. Uh, There's Halloween safety videos. Those are a hoot. Yeah, those are great. From Amazon Women on the Moon, which was like a, a sketch movie. The Son of the Invisible Man sketch is really funny. I'll just... Leave it at that. Give that a watch. I played that for friends last Halloween. Uh, from the movie Matinee, the movie within a movie, Mant, you can watch the assembled Mant movie, which they were watching in the movie Matinee. Mm-hmm. It takes about 15 minutes. And I like to watch Planet Terror around Halloween. I think that's a great blend of comedy and, and horror. But not all of the fake Grindhouse trailers that were made for the movie made it onto DVD but you can go on YouTube Werewolf Women of the SS written and directed by Rob Zombie from director Eli Roth Thanksgiving if you are thinking of seeing this film alone don't don't So, any of these things, one of these things, just to put it before or after a good horror movie, either as a ramp up or a wind down, I think uh, could be worth your time. I know I've had a good time uh, finding them all, and I'll be watching them uh, sometime this uh, October season. From London to Idaho April 1st can be fun New Year's Eve is a bore But on Halloween your flesh begins to grow Oh, I'm losing control
cat. Yes. October, mostly at home. It's where we are, and it's it makes me a little sad. But you know, I sent my mom a picture of the uh, of the picture that I sent you of the PVC piping to drop candy to a kid down a flight of stairs into a bucket. And her reaction was, "Well, that's really sad for normal Halloween, but I guess I'm glad they're doing it." And I was like, "Oh, you know, my first reaction wasn't that's very sad. My first reaction was that's awesome being charmed exactly being charmed that." We are creative enough, and we love the collective we. We love Halloween enough to find a way to honor it and celebrate it, regardless of the barriers that are in place for us doing it the way we always did. And, you know, necessity is the mother of invention, so it will be a Halloween to remember, I'm sure of it. It just might look a little different. This is just the stuff we were able to find leading up to this Halloween. I can't wait to see the videos of what people actually did. November 1st, I'm hitting the news sites and the websites and YouTube and seeing what people all over the country and the world, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. Managed this Halloween. Um, Good or bad, it's going to be interesting. Yes, definitely. Yes, please, if you've discovered anything listening to this that you end up checking out, reach out to us and let us know what you thought. If you have any suggestions for us, reach out and tell us. As a final recommendation, stop by your supermarket and pick up some dry ice. They are tons of fun around the house to create some, uh, some fog just at the dinner table or while you're watching a movie or something. But if you've never handled dry ice before, read up on it. Because you can't handle it with your bare hands, and you should not imbibe it. Yeah. Save that, pour some hot water on it, and just watch the fog roll in. And everybody knows when dry ice mixes with water, it makes a real spooky fog. And they're for sale more places than you think. Just most grocery stores will just have this separate container of dry ice. You just have to ask for it at the uh, checkout counter. I love that you are skilled in dry ice. I'm too scared of it to buy it and... But I love that you do. Tongs and gloves and mash it up with a hammer. Yeah. And just drop it in hot water. Have a good time. (laughs) Have a good time with any of the stuff we've mentioned. And don't just take our word for it that you can still have a happy October. There's uh, plenty of websites out there offering ideas. And um, just ask a friend what they plan on doing. Everyone's got their thinking caps on because no one just wants to sit at home and watch the clock tick. (laughs) So we gave you some, uh, some notions to get you going. Uh, how about a warning? Kat, do you have a, a warning? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it will be a full moon this Halloween 2020. So uh, oh, yeah. more than ever, it's very important that you beware the moon. There's nobody to break us anymore. Oh, that's too bad. I was hoping to get in on the excitement. Who said that? Allow me to introduce myself. I'm the Invisible Man. (laughs) (laughs) And now we return to our graves. The old and the new. And you may join us soon. 